Hello, I'm Ray. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you? How are you doing? <laughs> We've had some lovely weather here in the UK. I've WD faulted my squeaky swivel chair and it's still squeaky, so apologies for that. We've had some lovely weather in the UK, but the other, when was it, a few days ago, six o'clock in the morning, I wandered out into the garden to feed the squirrels and the birds and it was freezing. There's a white frost, a severe frost. I've got tomato plants coming up from seed. Luckily, they're in a, a propagator thing indoors. I almost put them out the other day. I'm glad I didn't because they would have been killed off. I've got other plants we've put in, geranium cuttings and all sorts. Luckily, they all survived. We've got a fig tree and that's got little buds on it. Well, we don't get figs. It's not hot enough here in the UK for that. But the fig tree looks lovely with its big leaves and everything. Anyway, they survived. The little buds survived. So we've got one day, red hot summer type day, absolutely beautiful. And I'm wandering around in shorts, frightening the neighbours. The next day, we're cowering <laughs> indoors with, with a coat on and the central heating on flat out. So it really is a funny old time of year. Anyway, common sense. People say, well, should I do this or should I do that? Oh, I don't know. Use your common sense. What is common sense? Have I got any common sense? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, have I? I don't like heights. I don't like climbing up ladders. In fact, I can't. I won't climb up a ladder. I can't do it. Is So I don't go up ladders. Now, is that common sense stopping me going up the ladder? Because I think, well, look, I don't like it. And if I freeze halfway up, I might fall. Or is it that I'm fearful of going up the ladder? I suppose it's both, isn't it? I don't know. What is common sense? If someone said, do you go and jump off the end of the pier into the sea? Well, what would stop you doing it? Well, if it would stop me doing it, I can't swim. <laughs> That's what would stop me doing it. But, sorry, I'm just itching my leg. That's it. <laughs> Got ants in my pants. No, seriously, you know, what is common sense? What I find fascinating, a member of parliament or someone in the public eye, okay, they get a phone call or a message from someone, uh, you know, meet me in a so-and-so cafe or bar or hotel, you know, got a, a business proposition or whatever, want some advice, whatever it is they come up with. And the MP or whoever will go along and they'll have a chat. And then it turns out that the person they're talking to, they thought was a businessman or a representative of whatever, is actually a journalist. And not only, <laughs> not only is the MP or whoever being recorded uh, on audio, but video. There's a camera as well hidden in the end of a bag or something on the table. How come so many people get caught out like that? Do they not have common sense? They can't have. Imagine if I'm a, say I'm an MP, a sort of high-ranking minister. And someone says to me, look, can we meet up? I'm a business person, whatever, I'm this or that. Can we meet up, I've got a, you know, got some ideas or whatever. So I go along to a hotel foyer, have a drink with this chap. And he says to me, so what do you really think of the, the, the prime minister? You know, what, what do you really think off the record? Would I say, oh, well, complete and utter imbecile. What an idiot, you know, he or she is. You know, worst prime minister we've ever had in the history of prime ministers. <laughs> would I say all that? Or would I have a little bit of common sense and think, well, hang on a minute. Is this off the record? Is this being recorded? Who is this person? I don't know. But they fall for it, don't they? Time and time again, this setup type situation, this sting, you know, where someone will say, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you information or whatever. And the MP says, well, it'll cost you £10,000. You know, if you want me to do this or that, it'll cost 10,000. And then you've got the, the so-called business person saying, yep, I'll give you 10,000 in cash. It's all on audio and all on camera. Surely anyone in the public eye is going to think, hang on a minute, let's use a bit of common sense. I don't know. I don't know. But as I said, it happens time. It happens time and time again over all the years and it'll happen again. The sting. It's the sting, isn't it? You know, the setup. I remember a chap, a friend of mine, decades ago, he was getting divorced. Uh, it wasn't a very uh, pleasant divorce, really, or I suppose not many of them are. And there was a bit of a fight over the house and there were children involved, all a bit of a shame. 
Anyway, he was uh, having a, a, a drink in a pub one evening, just on his own, and this chap got talking to him. And they just, you know, got chatting about general things. And eventually my friend said, well, actually, I'm going through a divorce, blah, blah, blah. And this chap said, oh, well, that's, you know, sorry to hear that. And uh, what, what, another woman, is it? You've got another woman on the side or something. And she found out and he laughed. And this friend of mine said, uh, well, something like that. Yes, it's, uh, there, there is this other person. Um, he explained that his wife had been seeing someone else for a long time. And he tried to keep the marriage together. You know, he'd said to his wife, look, you know, let's stay together for the sake of the kids and everything. You know, Stop having this affair with this person and let's try again and everything. Anyway, she said she would. It went on and on. She kept seeing this other person. And in the end, this friend of mine, uh, he just became friendly with this woman, became friendly with her and uh, they ended up having an affair. The chap <laughs> was a private detective. And he had all this, he'd recorded it back in those days on cassette tape. So, of course, all the bit about the, the wife having an affair and how this, this husband, this friend of mine, had tried to save the marriage and wanted to try again, all that was erased. The only bit left on the tape for the divorce court was, uh, well, yes, I'm having a, an affair, I am, I've got this other woman, etc. You can see what's happened. It was a big setup. Now, a bit sillier, my friend, really, to say all this to a stranger in a pub. I suppose he was feeling down. He'd had a few drinks. Uh, bad time he was going through and he just kind of poured his heart out and <laughs> talked about this other woman he was having an affair with. It, I won't go into that anymore, but uh, it turned out all right in the end uh, because the, the private detective, all his, all his so-called evidence was chucked out. So, of course, everyone was thinking... Uh, well, we all chatted about this, that he should have had more common sense than to go rabbiting to a stranger in a pub. Though, I don't know, common sense. He was set up, obviously. The, the wife had got this private detective, told him where he's likely to be, and, you know, it, it just went from there, and he was set up. Is that common sense, or was he just vulnerable at that time? A very highly intelligent chap. He had a good job. I won't go into details, but uh, you know, in case someone knows him. But um, a very, very well-paid job. Uh, excellent job. And he was a very intelligent chap. I think he was just caught at that vulnerable moment in his life where he went and said the wrong thing <laughs> to a stranger. There was another time a chap was um, selling a house. Now, this chap, is a, I don't know him. He was a, a neighbour. And I just heard the story. He was a neighbour. Uh, going back a few years, he had boarded his loft, up, you know, up in the attic, as you do. You board the loft. And he'd put some insulation up there, not made it into a, a proper room. It wasn't a loft conversion. But he made it quite nice, as a bit of a den. Uh, he had a hobby, making models and things. And there wasn't room in the house for all his modelling gear and his little tins of enamel paint and all that stuff. So he made this den up in the loft. Uh, I didn't see it, but apparently it was very nice. Some of the other neighbours had been up there. Now, when he came to sell the house, there was a problem. What he had done when he converted, well, not converted, but made this room up in the loft, there was a beam, a beam of wood. What was it? Sort of four by two, isn't it? Big beam of oak or whatever it is, right the way across the loft, about three feet off the floor. And of course, it was in the way. He had to duck under it every time he went from one side to the other. So he removed it. He sawed it off each end and solved the problem. Great. Now, several years later, he was selling the house and a surveyor came round and the surveyor said, was there a piece of wood? You know, was there a beam across here? And this chap said, oh, yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, this is years ago. I, I took it out. It was in the way. And the surveyor said, well, that is a, a roof tie. It holds, the <laughs> it holds the roof together. It stops each opposite end of the roof where the beam goes to the, the, you know, the coming down sort of joist bits, the rafters. It stops those from spreading. And what can happen if they go too far apart, they could fall off the wall. You know, the roof could actually fall off the wall each end. And anyway, the surveyor said, well, you know, my report is going to be 
uh, not at all favourable. And he didn't sell the house. He couldn't sell it. And he had a lot of trouble. In the, he couldn't move because of this. Um, in those days, estate agents knew each other and he did try going somewhere else to sell it. And they said, oh, are you the chap that took the beam out of the loft? Oh, dear. Everyone seemed to hear about it. He couldn't sell the house. He thought he'd put the beam back. He went and bought this huge length of wood and he thought he'd put it back. The trouble is, the roof had actually, it had spread over the years. Not noticeably, you wouldn't notice unless you looked, unless you knew what you were looking for. In the end, bit of a long story, in the end, he had to have the whole roof redone. Cost him thousands. Uh, he stayed there as well. He stayed at the house. And they didn't put the beam back. They did some other, I don't know what they do, but so he could keep his den up there, they did something else up in the, in the attic. Now, surely common sense would tell you, you've got this beam of wood right across the loft, this beam, heavy beam. What's it there for? Why is it there in the way? You can't get from one side of the loft to the other without ducking under this beam. Why would it be put there? Is it that someone thought, oh, I've got a piece of spare wood, I'll just stick it there? Hardly. The builders aren't going to do that. Had he asked, had he asked someone, a builder or anyone in, the, in some sort of trade that might have known, he would have got the answer. But no, no, he just went and sawed it off each end and the roof had actually spread. Common sense or lack of, there's that old saying, isn't there, look before you leap. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean look to see what's the other side of the fence or the hedge before you leap over it in case it's a, a I don't know, deep water or a cliff face dropping down 200 feet. It, it means before you do anything, look into it. Just check out the, the situation, get information on it, find out exactly what the consequences of your actions will be before you leap into something. Look before you leap. He only had to ask any builder, you know, what's that beam of wood across the loft? Can I saw it off? They would have said no and explained why. Would, <laughs> would have been awkward uh, as his den, of course, I'm going to say, because he'd have to keep ducking under it. But funnily enough, we've got the same thing in our loft, this roof tie, about three feet off the floor, one side of the house to the other. And my father-in-law, bless him, I said to him once, I boarded all the loft and I even carpeted out there, make it look really nice, and we put... Uh, shelving up there to store things rather than just chuck stuff up there we've made it all neat and I said to him he came up to have a look one day put in you know one of the drop down loft ladders and he said oh well, this is really nice and I said shame about this bit of wood I'm going to saw it off now I was joking and he nearly had a fit you can't uh, don't saw it off oh so I, I was laughing anyway that, that that was sort of that I found out a few days later that he was really worried about this he thought I was going to saw this lump of wood off. So I took the joke a bit further. Next time he came round, he said, you haven't done that, have you? I said, no, no, no. Uh, I said, a friend of mine's lending me a chainsaw. And his face, chainsaw? I said, yeah, I've got to get a chainsaw up there. <laughs> I've got to saw it off each end with this chainsaw. He said, no, no, no. And he, he really was getting into a state. And my wife, it was her dad. My wife, she said, oh, don't, don't. And I said, oh, OK, no, sorry, I'm joking. I said, go on, it's all right, it's a wind-up. And he said, oh, I, I thought you were going to do that. And I said to him, do you think I'm really that stupid? He said, well, I don't know, you might be. <laughs> People do it. They do these things. But uh, apparently he'd been awake at night, according to and my mother-in-law. He'd been awake at night worrying, oh, I hope he doesn't saw. If he saws that off, rah, 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 rah. Anyway, I didn't saw it off. It's still up there and it's in the way. We have to duck underneath it. But that's a small price to pay for keeping the roof in the correct position. The roof won't slide off each end. <laughs> Talking of houses and doing things to houses. Uh, I had a house decades ago. I wanted to take a, a wall down. It was only a small wall. And uh, you know, everyone was saying, is it a supporting wall? Is it supporting wall? And, no, it wasn't. I checked, obviously. I checked. And you know, there, there are ways of telling whether it's a supporting wall or not. Uh, and even though I knew it was safe, I contacted this friend of mine, his, he knew a builder, and the builder popped round. He said, no, you're quite right. That is not a supporting wall. You can knock it down, which I did. But I just, even though I knew I was 100% correct, 
I still double checked. I used common sense, didn't I? That's what it is. I used common sense. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't use common sense when I was a kid going down a steep hill at 40 miles an hour on my bike with no crash helmet. Well, you didn't in the, in the 50s, did you? No crash helmet. The brakes were useless. Bombing down this steep hill at 40 miles an hour with a, a busy main road at the bottom. Well, I say busy. Back in those good old days, back in the 50s and 60s, main roads weren't busy, were they? I mean, you, you might get the odd car putting along. No, I'm not, I'm not going back to the 1920s or 30s. <laughs> there were some very nice cars back in the 50s and 60s. But the main road was not busy, you know, in comparison to days, today's time. Oh, I drove this morning. I didn't go far. My mistake, really. It was uh, early morning. Of course, the school run, the schools are back. People going to work. Uh, I had to give someone a lift. That's what it was. And uh, the traffic was just incredible. Everyone just sitting there in queues at traffic lights. They go green, you move up a few feet, they, they go red again. And this, oh, I, I tried to go. What I do, knowing the town very well, I go through all the side roads, you know. think, right, turn off here whip through that road, round the block there, across that bit, and that worked. But of course, a lot of people get to know these little side roads and the routes, so even that was quite busy. I was just thinking back to a news uh, item that I heard back in the, uh, I think it was 50s or 60s, a chap bought a new moped, and it was fine. Uh, he read the instructions properly, and it said after whatever, five, I don't know, 1,000 miles, 2,000 miles, whatever it said, uh, drain the oil so he did he drained the oil and he put the the other plug back in drove the moped and of course it wrecked the engine because he hadn't put fresh oil in it and he went back to where he bought it from and they said well that's going to cost you a fortune because you've wrecked the engine you've drained the oil but you should have put fresh oil in you know what are you some kind of idiot yeah you should have used common sense now, that's not common sense because he didn't know about engines. He followed the instructions to the letter. After so many miles, drain the oil, which he did. Anyway, it went to court and he won. They gave him a new moped because the judge said, well, he followed the instructions to the letter. I never forget it because I remember reading about this. And I thought, well, OK, the bloke perhaps uh, didn't have any mechanical knowledge. It doesn't make him an idiot because he doesn't understand engines. I mean, that's, you know, it doesn't make you an idiot. And anyway, they, they, <laughs> they had to give him a new moped. And I believe the instructions were changed. That's nothing to do with common sense, is it? That's just following the instructions to the letter. Talking of following the instructions to the letter. I remember when I was a kid, you'd hear on the radio or TV, uh, or the so-and-so people are working to rule. And I used to think working to rule, well, surely that's a good thing, isn't it? They do exactly what they should do at work. And I remember asking my, my father, I said, I said, yeah, why, why are the company bosses or whoever, yeah, why are they moaning? Because all the, the workers are working to rule. Surely that's a good thing. And he said, no, it's not. He said, imagine a bus driver. He's driving his bus, bit a bit of traffic, it's a bit late, it's five minutes late. And he finishes at five o'clock in the afternoon. At five o'clock in the afternoon, his watch says, yeah, five o'clock, he stops the bus and gets out. He's finished work. Doesn't matter that the bus is actually parked at the traffic lights, which are red, and he's got full of passengers, you know, all these <laughs> dozens of people on board. He finishes at five o'clock on the dot. That's it. Out of the driving seat, turn the engine off. That's it. I've finished. That's working to rule. And of course, yeah, I didn't realise at the time, I thought it would be good if they all did exactly what they were supposed to do. So what the bus driver should have done was sort of finish his journey and then, I don't know, book, book five minutes or whatever, 10 minutes overtime. I don't know. I suppose they weren't allowed to do that. I don't know. Depends on the contract, doesn't it? Talking of contracts, have you heard about this? Um, was it fire and hire? So basically, you, you've got your staff and you want to change their contract. Well, you can't do that. Uh, you can't do that sort of halfway through their employment. So you sack them, and then you say, do you want your job back? And they say, yes. So you say, okay, you have your job back. This is a new contract. It's different than your old one. It's, it's called, isn't it, um, fire and hire or something. And it's just a way around, you know, 
changing the contract or having a completely new contract. I think quite a few companies have been doing it and there's been some trouble recently. Nothing to do with common sense, but uh, it just came to mind. Uh, I'm quite pleased I'm retired. I mean, I've been self-employed most of my life, but uh, I'm quite pleased I've retired. You know, I look out in the mornings, people were going off to work and, well, the other morning with the frost, people scraping their cars. And I just thought, this is rather nice. I'm, I'm here in the warm. I haven't got to go anywhere. I remember when I was a kid at school. You know, you know I hated school. I've told you that a hundred times. <laughs> and I remember thinking, these old people in the summer, I'd have to go off to school. And these old people, they're doing their gardens. You know, they're out in the front garden doing a spot of weeding. And when I had to go to work, uh, I loved work. I loved my apprenticeship in the radio and TV workshop. But as I got older in work, uh, working for other companies, which I didn't do for long, I used to look at people and think, well, look at that old old devil. Look, he's retired. It's all right for him. He hasn't got to go to work. And now here I am. Isn't it funny how it all, all goes round? You know, you get people born every five seconds sort of thing. Every second, isn't it? There's someone born in the world. They grow up. They do their thing. They have their kids. They grow older. They retire. Then they... What does it shuffle off their mortal coil and more are coming to replace them? It's funny. I often wonder what happens to all the information. Now, I've been in uh, you know, electronics, radio and TV, amateur radio all my life. You know, I can do Morse code. I have Morse code contacts. All that knowledge is in my head, in my brain. Now, when I pass off or shuttle off my coil or whatever, all that's lost, isn't it? It just seems a bit of a waste. You spend, you spend your entire life, like I have, learning about electronics, discovering things, learning how to do things like send and receive Morse code, how to drive a car, how to swim. Well, not in my case, I can't swim. And then it's all lost. Or is it? I don't know. It, it makes you wonder, where does all that knowledge go? It would be quite handy if it went into some sort of huge pool of knowledge, wouldn't it? that just keeps building up and building up. Then I don't know, how could you tap that knowledge? I don't know. I don't suppose it does. I don't know where it goes. It does seem a shame, though. often think that when you hear on the telly, oh, so-and-so's passed on, you know, a scientist or a musician. You think, all that, all that's gone. What a shame. I'll tell you what, we haven't had rain, talking of knowledge, <laughs> we haven't had rain for several weeks. Uh, we had a few spots this morning. And the worrying thing is, is the garden. I don't know how many of you are into gardening, but the lawn, it's springtime, right? The lawn wants to grow. It's got sunshine, it's the spring, but it hasn't got any water. I'd want to get the hose out and water it. That's a waste of water. But we're just not having any rain at all. They keep saying, oh, it's, it's going to rain next week, it's going to get colder, it's going to be cloudy and rain, but it doesn't. I think the thing is, <laughs> we're talking of common sense, do these weather forecasters have common sense? I suppose they do. They can only go on modelling and stuff, can't they? They they look at it, they must look at the computer and think, well, the wind's blowing that way, which means it's bringing in a bit of cold air. There's a bit of hot air there, a bit of hot air going off over, over to the right. <laughs> so that means where the two meet, it could rain. OK, it's going to rain when they meet. Well, we'll reckon that, we'll say two days. It's going to rain in a couple of days' time. And invariably it does. It's the long-range forecast that I don't think they can sort of get right. What was it one summer? They said it's going to be a barbecue summer. Blistering heat, desert conditions. And it was one of the worst summers ever. And we've had this as well. Oh, it's going to be a winter, a cold winter, the beast from the east and all this nonsense. And it's been quite a mild winter. Going back to common sense, I've just remembered, I had a phone call, this is years ago, phone call chap said, oh, hello, it's the Inland Revenue. So, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, how can I help you? He said, um, you know, check my name. He said, date of birth. And I told him my date of birth. And he said, OK, uh, there's a tax rebate coming to you. Oh, jolly good, that sounds interesting. And he said, uh, what's your national insurance number? And I, that's when I smelt a rat, as they say. I said, uh, well, you've got that on your computer screen in front of you, surely. And he said, uh, yeah, I just, just want to confirm. I said, well, I've no idea. Sorry, I, I don't know. And he said, well, can you look it up? Any paperwork? And I said, oh, I, I don't deal with that. My wife deals with all the paperwork. 
so I, I can't help. He said, um, OK, well, that's not too important. Um, what's your bank? Could I have your bank details? And I said, uh, well, again, I, I don't know. My wife deals with that. And he said, well, who do you bank with? So I said, is it, uh, I think it's Nat West. No, hang on, no, it might be, is it Lloyd's? That he was saying, well, don't you know? And I said, to be honest, I don't. I mean, I did, obviously I know. And he said, oh, that's odd. I said, oh, not really, I can't be bothered with it all. My wife deals with all that stuff. And then he, what was it he asked me next? A lot of personal questions. So I just gave him a load of rubbish. I, <laughs> I came up with all sorts. He, oh, that's right, he said, have you got an offshore account? I said, offshore account? I said, yeah. I said, I think we've got one in Iceland. <laughs> anyway, he said, well, look, can I phone again when your wife's there? So by this time, I was treating the whole thing as a bit of a joke. I said, well, actually, she's gone to the bank. And he said, oh, well, when will she be back? I said, well, I'm not sure that she can get a flight because of the volcanic ash in Iceland. Oh, dear. He hung up. I never heard from him again. Obviously, it wasn't the inland revenue, but, but what a fool. I mean, he, he could have done it properly. He didn't even, I was going to say, he didn't sound like the inland revenue. I don't know what they sound like. <laughs> but, uh, you know, common sense. I mean, it was after the, as soon as he said your date of birth and national insurance number. I mean, OK, I know they do checks, but uh, the inland revenue don't phone you and say you've got... Uh, a tax rebate coming to you, can I have your bank details? Yeah, they've got all my details, haven't they? The inland revenue, know everything about me. Know what I earned, how much I earned, when I earned it. <laughs> oh dear, that was a funny episode. I like having fun. I think I've told you before, I like having fun with these people on the phone. I don't know what that scam was about, probably to try and get money out of my bank or something. But uh, I like these people that phone up Hello, are you having a good day? <laughs> and I think, here we go, here we go. And I say, oh, yes, yes, yes. OK, there's a problem with your computer that we've detected. And then I'll say, oh, oh, no, I've just had it repaired. Oh, goodness me, what's wrong with it? Oh, it's right, nothing to worry about. If you could just go to your computer now, and then I'll, I'll start rabbiting on. But I've just had it repaired. There can't be anything wrong with it. A chap came out, he took it away, and uh, he, it took two weeks he was telling me about the hard drive problem and I go on and on like this. And they're saying, yeah, uh, 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 OK, could you, um, right, if I could just suggest, sit at your computer, type in this or that and the other. All it is, you type in a, um, a website address and then they can get to your computer from where they are. You know, they can take control of your computer. Uh, and I did that once and this chap, he got so fed up in the end. He was saying, look, look, can you just go to your computer and sit at the keyboard? Rah, 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 rah. And I said, well, I will. But the chap that repaired it said in the, in the end, he hung up. It was so funny. I, if I've got the time, I love having fun and games with these people. I hasten to add that I did not give my correct date of birth. I never do on anything online. You know, I don't know whether Facebook or Instagram or Tumblr or whoever, all these things. You know, when you register, it says date of birth. I make myself younger. Well, I'm allowed to. <laughs> it's a man's prerogative to make yourself younger. I had an automated type computer voice phone call a few weeks ago. And this chap said, uh, this, what was it? He said, um, you, you owe tax. That's right. You owe income tax. Press one now to sort this problem out. If you do not press one now, you will be arrested for underpayment of income tax. I just hung up. I think, what an idiotic message. It's all automated. Obviously, you press one, then you get through to some premium rate phone number. You know, the whole thing is a rip-off. The, the revenue would never, would they, the IRS in America or the Inland Revenue here, they would never have an automated phone call saying, if you don't press one now, you're going to be arrested. <laughs> Unfortunately, I couldn't talk back to him because he was a computer. There are so many scams going around and sadly a lot of people do fall for them. You, know, you hear in the news that someone's lost their, some retired chap who has lost his life savings of sort of £50,000, something like that, lost his, the entire lot. You know, someone knocked at the door and they conned him and he handed over on it. I don't know how they do it all, but 50000 I read one recently, dreadful. 
I often have emails, very often having emails saying, uh, just a reminder, you haven't paid the previous, uh, the, the invoice that we've reminded you about previously. Please pay this within seven days or we will have to take action. And it says click here to pay you know, the invoice. There is no invoice. I don't, <laughs> I don't have invoices. Another one is, um, for example, an email. Your Amazon account is about to be closed. Please click on the link below to correct this. Otherwise, it'll be closed and you'll have to re-register, blah, blah, blah. I get phone calls about that one. I don't get so many phone calls these days. Uh, perhaps it's all died off. I don't know. Perhaps COVID has... You would think it would increase, wouldn't you? But I've had phone calls from, oh, you know, hello, a young lady sounding very pleasant and friendly. Hello, I'm calling from Amazon. Oh, yeah, hello. Uh, there's a problem with your account, blah, blah, blah. And the whole thing is a scam. You know, they don't do that. My my poor mother. We, we make her, all the elderly relatives. Well, hang on a minute, I'm elderly. <laughs> all the elderly relatives in the family, we make them aware. You know, don't answer the door unless you know who it is. If anyone phones saying that they're the bank or, you know, can I have detail, just hang up. You know, if it's important, they'll phone back or they'll write to you. My poor mum, she was waiting for the second uh, vaccination, the COVID jab. She's waiting to be contacted. Anyway, the phone rang and a voice said, oh, hello, it's about your COVID jab. Can I just take a few details? And she hung up she, and she phoned me and she said, there you see, I hung up. I told her, well, I said, I'm not doing that. Put the phone down. The trouble is, it was genuine. It was her doctor trying to contact her to say, come round for the jab. I like to think that I've got common sense and I use it. And I'm pretty astute when it comes to scams. I can spot a scam a mile off. But some of them, some of the emails you get, they are so genuine looking. Uh, the way to do it is to check, you know, where it's come from where it says, uh, for example, if it says at the top inland revenue, just look at the email address. Don't reply to it. Just look at the email address it's come from. And if it's, um, I don't know, uh, account something at yahoo.com, well, that's that's not the inland revenue, is it? They don't have a Yahoo account or a, a Google Mail account. So just check that. And if you're not sure, uh, as I said, just delete the thing. It's the same with phone calls. Never give out any information. Um, just hang up. If you want to play games like I do, then just be careful of what you say because you might accidentally reveal some information. I don't know. It's best just to put the phone down. If it's anyone important, they will write to you. If it's your doctor, they'll phone back. If it's the bank or the Inland Revenue, they'll write to you. So don't worry about hanging up. Sorry about the noises. I don't know what that is, a motor out in the street or something just now. And uh, I think the microphones picked that up. I must soundproof my studio, mustn't I? I do, what's that banging about going on? I don't know what, they're always digging up our road. I, I say this almost every week. There's been no dustman this week. But there's always someone out there banging around, digging up the road or whatever they're doing. Good grief. I don't know what it is. At this rate, we won't have a road left. I'm no expert uh, on the computer by any means, but yeah, I run my own website. I, I record the podcasts and upload them. I do the YouTube videos. So I'm pretty good on the computer and I do look out for emails and things. But not everyone. Oh, there are elderly people, especially on the phone. If they get a phone call, you know, oh, hello, it's your bank. And uh, you know, just to make sure it's you, could you give me your credit card number? Oh, yes, hang on a minute. I'll get my credit card and they read it out. And what's the little number on the back, the three-digit number? So they'll go and read that out to the person on the phone. OK, and can you tell me exactly the name on the credit card? So they read that out, you know, and they've given the credit card details. Next minute, there's something being spent on their credit card. Is, is that lack of common sense or it's probably just old age? They're vulnerable, aren't they? A lot of people are vulnerable. It's, I don't think it's lack of common sense. It's just they think, oh, this is the bank and they're just checking my credit card details or whatever. And it is such a shame. I'm, I mean, I'm elderly. Am I? I'm not. I'm always, why am I saying I'm elderly? Of course I'm not. I'm a young man and good looking with it. I'll have you know. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, uh, yes, some of it, as I said, some of it 
especially emails, you look at it and you think, well, that's genuine. And of course, you go and click on a link. Uh, who was it? Uh, I knew an old boy. He was always clicking on things. He'd go round the screen, click, click, click. He wouldn't click OK once. It'd be click, 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 click. Oh, nothing's happening. Click, click, click. And nothing happens because the computer's dealing with it, uh, especially going back, well, I'm going back, what, 20 odd years. Things were slower then. You click OK on something and you have to wait. <laughs> I mean, even now, sometimes it's a bit slow. But uh, he would click all everything all over the screen and end up in a terrible mess. Talking of old age, I've been a little bit worried recently. I was talking the other day about, uh, talking to my wife about our son-in-law, and I couldn't think of his name. I just, I was saying, hang on. Um, and she said, who are you talking about? And I said, uh, son-in-law. And she said, you've forgotten his name. I said, yeah, I had. I had forgotten his name. She had to remind me. Now, is that just natural? You know, you just forget things. I mean, I'm always forgetting things. Or is that the onset of something disastrous? If it's the onset of something disastrous, you'll be listening <laughs> to these podcasts in years to come. If I'm still, imagine if I'm still doing podcasts in five years, I'll be talking about something and then drift off onto another subject. And you'll think, oh, look, the old fool's off again. Hey, hang on. I do that already, don't I? Oh, dear. <laughs> There's me saying I'm a young man. No, I do forget things. I'll rush upstairs or I'll go and get that. I get upstairs and then I, I look, uh, what, what am I doing? I can't remember. I go back downstairs and I can't remember what I went upstairs for. And then I'll remember, ah, oh, yes. Now the computer, this is the worst thing. I'll think to myself, I'll look that up online. I'll go and Google that. It takes perhaps 15 seconds to sit down at the computer. I go into Google and I forget what it is I was going to look up. I do that time and time again, continually forgetting things. Nothing to do with common sense, but, well, it's kind of linked, isn't it? Old age, <laughs> stupidity on my part, common sense. <laughs> Dear. Whenever I phoned my grandfather, this is years ago, he's passed away now, he'd pick up the phone and he'd say, uh, 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 hello. I think, oh, why don't you say hello, you silly old fool, that he'd say his number, for example, Ilford uh, 2934. I say, oh, hello, it's me. Oh, 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 hello, hello, old boy, how are you? I used to think, oh, God, I hope I never end up like that. And, you know, the other day I answered the phone and it was my son. And I don't know, I, I didn't mean to sound old. I was thinking about something else and the phone was ringing. Oh, that's right, the doorbell went at the same time. I think, oh, God, I picked the phone up. Uh, uh, hello and he said oh you sound old dad and I thought oh my goodness this is it I've done it I'm like my grandfather I was also accused the other day of not listening it's funny how old people do. when they they'll, they'll talk to you won't they rabbit 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 then you say something and, they, and it's just yeah and they carry on they'll just say that little yeah and carry on they're not listening and I was accused of that the other day you're not listening I said I am we haven't commented, you know, you're just going on about the garden. I was going on about tomato plants. I mean, that's a sign of old age, isn't it? Going on about tomato plants. I've just put the seeds in. They're coming up nicely. I've got to water the geranium cuttings. <laughs> Whereas, oh, what was it? Someone said the other day, oh, because my birthday's coming up. And they said, do you feel old? And I said, well, no, only if I try to do something, you know, like lift some paving slabs or something, you know, try to lay a path, something I could do when I was 18. But I don't feel old. You know, in your mind, you're kind of still young. It's weird. It, your body gets old, but your mind doesn't. Mind you, some people, I think I mentioned before about an old neighbour of mine. He said, I'm three score and ten. Well, it's only 70, for goodness sake. It's hardly uh, you know, old age, is it, really, these days? And he was always going on about, I'm three score and ten. And he, he'd shuffle up and down his front pathway and kick stones back onto the border like a real old man you know um well my next birthday just coming up i'll be three score and ten and i hope i'm not like that oh the neighbors don't look at me and think oh look there's that old fool in his front garden <laughs> they don't actually they don't think that at all fortunately i'm very young looking and i've retained my fantastic looks i know what you're thinking yeah fiction here we are dreaming again verging on the the, uh, was it the realms of fiction or something? 
no, seriously, I, I hope I don't look and behave, well, forget looks, I hope I don't behave like some of the people. I, I know a chap, he's younger than me, only a few years younger than me, and honestly, he is an old man. Mind you, he was an old man, I've known him most of my life, he was an old man when he was in his 20s. He really was, he was an old man. Uh, not in looks, obviously, but the way he, I don't know, his demeanour, everything about him, he was an old man, a, a grumpy old man, in fact. Haven't seen him for a, a few years now. I don't know if he's probably no longer with us. I don't know. There was a chap that um, my brother-in-law and I knew in our what early 20s, I suppose teens, early 20s. We used to, <laughs> we used to call him Spokes because he had a bicycle. I don't know why we called him Spokes. But uh, I don't know, he was into bicycles. He was always on his bicycle. So we called him Spokes and it caught on. You have to be careful what you call people. I don't mean rude, you know, nicknames, because they catch on. Spokes. And there was another chap. We called him 30 miles an hour because wherever we went, you know, we'd all go off in our cars and he would always drive at 30 miles an hour, even if it's on the main road. You know, you've got a 60 mile an hour limit. He'd potter along at 30 miles an hour. So whatever, you know, sure, should we go to so-and-so? Yeah, well, we'll ask Spokes and we'll ask 30 miles an hour if they want to come along. <laughs> and they, I, I forget the chap's name that we called 30 miles an hour. I forget his name because we only ever use his nickname. Isn't that strange? Another thing about getting old, I don't know what it is recently. Okay, we've had some very cold weather. We've had frosty nights, but I have felt cold you know, like through to the bone, when they say, oh, you you know, your bones get cold. I have felt really cold, sometimes four or five o'clock in the afternoon. So cold that once or twice I've gone upstairs and got into bed under the quilt to warm up. And that does work eventually, but I've just been so cold. It was the other day, we'd had a lovely day. It was cooling down. My wife was doing t-shirts and shorts and I'm putting my coat on. Now, the worrying thing is there, again, old age. You see, I remember when I was young, you'd see old people out and about. It's a red-hot summer day. You know, you've got your shades on and your, your shorts looking cool, as I did, man at CNA. <laughs> and old people, you'd see them in an overcoat, a scarf, gloves, a hat, and they're cold. And I used to think, how on earth can they be cold? But I can see now. This old age thing, you know, it creeps up on you. Best not to think about it. Why am I going on about old age? Best not to think about it. Someone said the other day, do you think about dying? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, well, now, you, <laughs> now you're getting on a bit. You know, Do you wonder how many years you've got left? Well, get out of here. Um, no, I don't think about dying. I thought, what a funny thing to say. It was a friend of mine. <laughs> do you think about dying now that you're old? I mean, that's a nice subject, isn't it? Anyway, that's enough about old age. Oh, just one more thing. Years ago, I was talking to an old boy in a pub. Very interesting, having a chat. And I finally went back over to my mates at the bar. And one of them said, what are you talking to that old fool for? And I said, he was very interesting, actually. We had quite a good conversation. Very interesting man. He said, well, he's an old fool. He must be 60-something. You know, we're young. I said, actually, he was a Spitfire pilot. You know, in the war. <laughs> that shut him up. He was. He was telling me about when he was a. He was um, how old was he? Twenty or something, when he was flying Spitfires over the Channel, you know, and shooting at people, and they're shooting at him. Good grief! So not all old people are old fools. As yeah, I think when we were young, we didn't look at all old people as fools. You know, we just thought, oh, they're old people. <laughs> but it is funny approaching old age. Anyway, let's let's get off that. What we're talking about? Common sense common sense with electricity. Now, only recently, uh, this chap I know, he's got a, a pond pump and it stopped working. So he's fiddling around, he changed the fuse in the plug, mucked about with the time switch, and he got an electric shock. Uh, he told me about this. And I said, well, what are you doing fiddling around with the pump you know, when it's still plugged in? And he said, well, I took it out of the pond and I was bashing it on a rock to see if it would start running Anyway, he got a shot. He's lucky he didn't kill himself. You know, electric pump in the water. He's there, hands in the water, all wet. He said it was quite a shock. Threw him back across the garden. Now, where's the common sense there? There was no common sense. You know, any, I can say, can't I, any fool, even a fool knows that you don't, well, do they? 
You know, you don't muck about with electricity and water. Electricity and water do not mix. Our neighbour, oh, going back to when I was, what, early teens? Our neighbour, they wouldn't have an electric kettle. And I remember my dad saying to this old woman, oh, here I go again, the old woman, sorry, um, elderly lady, <laughs> elderly lady, this old bag. No, she was an old bag. She was, She knew she was. She was miserable. She said, oh, I've always been told electricity and water don't mix, so I won't have an electric kettle. Now, that's taking it to the extreme, isn't it? She also wouldn't have a washing machine. Now, this was in the days of, you know, the old twin tub washing machine, a washer and a spin dryer. She wouldn't have that because, again, she said, no, you, you plug it into the electricity and then fill it with water. Electricity and water don't mix. She was right, really, but creating a lot of work for herself, having to boil a kettle up on the gas cooker and do the washing by hand. This used to annoy me and my father. They didn't have a phone. So we get a phone call for her. Some relative of hers used to phone once a week. And we go next door and say, oh, your, your relative's on the phone. Oh, well, all right. And she come in. Oh, where's the phone? Well, you know where the phone is. You use it every week. You come in here every week. <laughs> well, I didn't say that to her. And then she picked the phone up and she'd have the coily lead out of the top bit, you know, up, she'd have the phone upside down. And she'd say, hello, you're not very loud. Hello, can you hear me? And the times you know, my dad would take the phone off her and have it that way up. Oh, I can hear you now. I mean, was that put on? I used to think it was put on. I used to think she's just pretending to be a silly old fool. Do people really get that stupid? I hope not. I have said to my wife, I have said, do not put me into a home. I'm not eating that stuff. I don't, I'm very, very fussy when it comes to food. I'm not eating that. And I, I'm just not going into a home. Anyway, look, I'm back on old age yet. Let's move away from that totally now, shall we? Let's talk about the summer. We've got sun shining. I've put buckets out because the water in the pond is getting pretty low. And I like to water the plants with rainwater. The lawn... It's springtime, isn't it? The grass is beginning to grow, but it's very dry. It needs rain. So I thought, OK, weather forecast reckons torrential, heavy rain tonight. Great. Put all my buckets out. We've got a, a sort of roof over the patio and uh, I collect water from all piles off the roof and I just put some buckets down. I used to have a water butt, but I couldn't be bothered with it. The water would go stagnant and stink. And if you water plants with it, it kills everything. And you certainly couldn't put it in the pond. So I put these buckets out. Went down there this morning. Bone dry. Why is it they say bone dry? Are bones dry? I don't know. Bone dry. That's an interesting one. I should look that up. Perhaps I'll mention that in a future podcast episode just to bore you further. <laughs> oh dear, you have to laugh, don't you? So I don't know. I'm going to have to get the garden hose out. Mind you, that'll probably... If everyone starts watering things, there'll be a hose pipe ban. Do you get those in other countries? Do you get those in America and Australia? Right, that's it. No hose pipe. You're not allowed to wash your car. Not allowed to wash your windows. Not allowed to water the garden. If you use your hose pipe, you're arrested. A bit like if you don't dial, press one on your phone, you know, to do the call back to the Inland Revenue. If you don't press one now, you'll get arrested. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We have winters with torrential rain, you know, gallons and gallons of water pouring down from the sky. As soon as the sun comes out, oh, hosepipe band, there's a water shortage. Hey, why? What's happening? What's going on there? Just out of interest, I'm looking up uh, common sense on the internet. Common sense is sound, practical judgment concerning everyday matters or a basic ability to perceive, understand and judge in a manner that is shared by nearly all people. That's interesting. The first type of common sense, good sense, can be described as the knack of seeing things as they are and doing things as they ought to be done. Well, how about that? <laughs> that's what common sense means. I suppose that yeah, sounds about right, doesn't it? Um, that's interesting. Anyway, I'm now beginning to waffle. What have I got on my notes here? It says more theory. What's that mean, more theory? Oh, that's something to do with my, my amateur radio stuff. Um, chat wanted some more theory in one of the videos. Uh, well, I won't bore you with that. Uh, right, hang on a second. I'm just going to have a sip of my tea. I like strong tea. Do you like strong tea? A friend of mine, he likes tea so weak 
that it's nothing much more than hot water and milk. There's a, a hint of colour in, in the tea. He just doesn't like anything stronger than what is basically hot water. Uh, I like my tea where you can uh, stand a spoon up in it. <laughs> I like strong tea. Yorkshire tea is what I drink. I don't know why they're always on the adverts. They're always on about Yorkshire tea. It's not Yorkshire, is it? I mean, they don't grow tea in Yorkshire. They grow it in Sri Lanka and wherever, uh, India and China. They don't grow tea in Yorkshire. It won't grow there. Anyway, that's another issue. Who wants to email me? Does anyone want to email me? No, you're all saying no. Clear off. All right. Raise rants. <laughs> you can email me and tell me to clear off. Raise rants at protonmail.com. There we are. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Love to hear from you. Hope you're doing all right with lockdown. The weather now, uh, overcast, yeah, well, cloudy actually. Uh, I had to put the light on earlier. It went really dark. Oh, yesterday I was listening on my uh, amateur radio gear on shortwave and I could hear lightning crashes, you know. Oh, that's all that's, Sorry about the poor sound effects. Lightning, static, atmospherics all over the, the shortwave radio I was listening to. So I thought we were in for torrential rain and a storm, but apparently not. It disappeared and the sun came out. OK, that's it. Not quite an hour, but uh, uh, you probably will fall asleep. Hello, wake up. Wake up, Polly. That was uh, Monty Python, wasn't it? The parrot sketch. Do you remember? Now I'm waffling. I don't want to waffle. I don't want to fill up space you know, on the episode, take up time to uh, squeeze it up to an hour just by waffling and talking rubbish. You're always talking rubbish, you're saying. You spend an hour talking rubbish. I don't care. I like it. I hope you enjoy it. I really enjoy making these podcast episodes and I just hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoy making them. There we are. I shall see you next Sunday. Take care. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye for now.